0: Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. System. We pray thee God that you begin to instruct us through this word this evening to come to the place of accurate understanding of your intent for us, even as you receive unto yourself as sons, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we want to start another series. Uh, This one we'll call Our Adoption. Adoption. That's the new series we want to begin this evening, Our Adoption. And our main text is going to be from Romans 8, verse 15. Romans 8, verse 15, dealing with our adoption yes scripture says, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby you cry abba father you have received the spirit of adoption whereby you cry abba father praise the lord now um The the Greek word for adoption is the word weotasia. Weotasia actually means the pleasing as a son. The pleasing as a son. That is adoption. Figuratively, it means Christian sonship in respect of God, adopting of children, or as the case may be. Praise the Lord so we're going to go into the scriptures to find out something uh again let's just quickly look at romans chapter 9 verse 3. romans chapter 9 verse 3. so that will give a full definition to the word adoption for i could wish that myself were are caused from christ for my brethren my kinsmen according to the flesh verse 4 says who are israelites To whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenant and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises. Now, adoption, I want you to hold on to those two scriptures that we're going to go into the world. First of all, in Revelation, I mean, in Romans chapter, um, the first one we read, which is Romans chapter 8, verse 15, says we have received the spirit of adoption right okay um adoption ordinarily was an act which was very frequent among the ancient hebrews and the greeks and the romans it it was a frequent occurrence it was something that was done very often and uh, i'm also sure that you understand the word adoption in relation to the western concept of the word adoption now like i said the greeks the romans and hebrews they actually had the this thing in place they were practicing very often Now, this is when somebody takes a child who is not his biological child and takes the child to his own family. And in that instance, you find that this child has every right as if he was, he or she was a biological child of the father adopting him. Are you there with me? We have situation where people go to orphanage homes and pick children, right? Now, when you bring in the child to your home, automatically the child receives every right that your biological child should have had. And like it was practiced in the Romans and all of those settings, if, for instance, I adopt a child as a father to that child and a person on it to glory, the child have right to my estate now if i have a child and i also adopted another child and I pass on into glory that adopted child shares equal rights with my biological child are you there praise the lord so the child has those privileges and all of those things he can possess the property of the father who adopted the child and all of that and like i said they can share equal right with the biological child of the same father if he adopted a child and yet he had a biological child and in this is stands as it were the child loses his right to his former family where he's been adopted from you do not have a right in that family anymore You only have right in your immediate adopted family. Are you getting what I'm talking about? I want you to get this background because I'm going to be asking some questions. So, for instance, like the Romans, they have rules that guides the adoption of a child so that you don't abuse the child or make the child to lose he or her right as it was supposed to be. Amen? Right. So... They have all of that. Now, let me give you an example of this from the Bible. Second um, Samuel chapter nine. Let's look at seven to thirteen. The book of Second Samuel, chapter nine, seven to thirteen. Praise God. Now it said, and David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show the kindness that the child of Saul. I will surely show the kindness. Saul of Jonathan, whatever. And Kindness for Jonathan, thy father's sake. Is that okay? Right. And we restore thee in all the land of Saul, thy father. And thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. The verse number eight says, And he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant that thou should look upon such a dead dog as I am? Verse nine said, Then the king called to Ziba. Saul's servant, and said unto him, I have given unto thy master's son all that pertain to Saul and all his house. And verse 10 says, Thou therefore and the son and the servant shall till the land for him, and thou shalt bring in the fruit, that the master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, the master's son shall eat bread always at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then said Zeba unto king, According to all that my lord the king had commanded his servant, so shall I servant do. As Mephibosheth said the king, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. And verse 12 says, And Mephibosheth had a young son, whose name was Mekah, and all that dwelt in the house of Zeba were servants unto Mephibosheth. And verse 13 says, So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he did eat continually at the king's table, and was laying on both his feet so you see this is like an adoption he was adopted into the royal priesthood or the royal family of the davidic lineage are you following what i'm saying right He was born jonathan's son but now he could partake of that which belongs to the lineage of the royal family of david this is a typical example of adoption are you there with me so then the question now is does god really adopted us and who were our parents before he adopted us were we orphans before god adopted us that is if we're going by the scripture again go back to roman chapter 8 go back to roman chapter 8 and verse 15 Romans 8, verse 15. Hallelujah. What do you find there? Romans 8, 15. We read it before. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby you cry, What? Abba Father. To begin with, who were we? Before. We we cannot be talking about receiving this spirit of adoption. Who were we? Is there any relationship between us and God? Or there have been no relationship? Now, if the scripture talks about God adopting us and we take it as his face value in relation to the Western concept of adoption, who then was our parents? And then, if we have always been God's children, can God adopt his own child? Are you following what I'm talking about? So if you understand this thing I'm about to say, it becomes easy for you to understand what the spirits are really talking about in relation to our adoption. Let me start reading from Job 38 verse number 4. I just want to find out who have we always been? Who are we? You know, even before that which is called Christianity. Remember in Romans there we also read chapter 9 of that we pertain to Israel, and the Bible says it pertained to Israel in relation to the adoption. So it's like saying Israel was adopted by God. Are you following this? Alright. Job 30, verse number four. Job 30, verse number four, and this is what it says. Job 38, 3 8, verse number 4. Where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if they have understanding. Now God is speaking to Job. Who had laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest, or who has stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof? Fastened or who laid the cornerstone thereof when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy God is asking Job where were you are you done with me when the sons of God shouted for joy that means Job was supposed to be among the sons of God He was supposed to have witnessed when God was doing all of those things, laying the foundation of the world, putting up the cornerstone, Job ought to know. So, the question is like, you lost your understanding of who you were or who you are, even before coming to this state. You should have been able to know and to remember. Where were you? Job chapter 1 verse number 6 job one verse number six says now there was a day when the sons of god came together or came to present themselves before the lord and satan came also among them you know you know the story right good the sons of god came now often people say well this talking about angelic being whatever thing you want to refer them to god referred to job that he ought to have been among those people amen When the sons of God came and presented themselves before God, Satan came also. So, this is not just angelic creatures. No. I don't want to go into all of that. But get this point right. We're dealing with the issue of sons of God. Now, if you are a child of God, if you have been a child of God, I don't see how God will adopt you. Are you with me? this is where i'm going to now if you look at the book of luke chapter 3 and you live from the niv if you want to read from 23 to 38 but we're just going to take the last two verses luke chapter 3 okay let's look at 23 and i will go to uh, 38 because we can't read all of that so 23 now jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry He was the son, so it was, thought of Joseph, the son of Heli. Go in next verse 24. Just read it. The son of Meta, the son of Levi, the son of Micah, the son of Jani, the son of Joseph. So you can see all of that, the genealogy. Now go down to verse uh, 38. Okay, let's take 37 and 38. 37, and he said, The son of Methuselah, the son of Enoch, the son of jared the son of mahalali the son of canaan and then look at this the son of enos the son of Seth, the son of adam the son of god so who was adam son of god that's what the bible says is anybody understand what i'm saying here good adam was the son of god in fact the scripture simply said the son of god just like christ is the son of god is that okay right i want you to pay because it's very important this is the genealogy of jesus We trace now and we're told here that adam is or adam the son of god just in quote the kingdom said adam was the son of god now when he said was the son of god that means something happened somewhere along the line is that okay But now, if it was, he was the son of God, what changed? If we want to even take it from that perspective, what really changed? Okay. I would like us to look at something again, very important. What could change when we say Adam was the son of God? But because he fell. Am I right? Come on, are we together? Good. Because he fell. But he said was well, the son of god but let not forget what i'm dealing with if adam was the son of god or is the son of god there is no way god can adopt his own child therefore the adoption we're reading about the roman chapter 15 will definitely mean something else is anybody understanding this come on are we together good now so adam fell Now, I want to give us an example. Let's go down to Luke chapter 15. I'm reading from number one. Luke 15 from verse number one. Adam was. We just want to take the King James Version to say Adam was the son of God. But let's look at this. Are you there with me? Then drew near unto him all the publicans. Luke 15 verse number one. And sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, does not look the ninety and nine, leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost, until he found it? And when he had found it, he laid it on his shoulders rejoicing and when he come at home he called together his friends and neighbors saying unto them rejoice with me for i have found my sheep which was lost i say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repented more than over ninety and nine just persons with no repentance what is that supposed to mean you have ninety-nine, I mean hundred sheep, and one of them is missing, and you go on looking for that individual. What does that tell you? It means you still have relationship with the sheep. The sheep is just being stupid to have left where it was supposed to be kept, but that doesn't break the relationship you have with the sheep. Is anybody understand what I'm talking about? You're still related, but it just lost relationship with you. Okay, if you can't get it from the parable of the sheep, let me show you the one. The prodigal son, the the same chapter. Look at verse 16. Because I'm trying to look at this thing. If you think adoption means you're taking somebody who is not your family member, you bring him to your family, and that is the way God took us. Then the question is, who has always been our father. (laughs) Are you with me? Verse 16 and he fain have now this is talking about the prodigal son you know the story right good he went join himself to a man in a far country and then hunger came in and now he was eating all the husks from the the pig's pen whatever the case may be and then so here is the story and he will have fain his belly with the husk that this, this one did eat and no man gave him gave unto him and when he came to himself not that other scriptures say when he came to his mind or that would say when he came to his senses he said how many higher servants of my fathers have bread enough to eat or to spare and i perish with hunger i will arise and go to my father and i will say unto him father i have sinned against heaven and before thee and i'm no more worthy to be called thy son make me help me lord make me as one of the higher servants and he arose and came to his father but when he was yet watch this when he was yet great way off his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him are you done with me the boy left home but the relationship of a father and a son is still there did you get what i mean now verse 21 and the son said unto him father i've seen against heaven and in that sight i'm no more worthy to be called thy son but the father said to his servant, bring forth glory the best robe <laughs> and put it on him i put on a ring on his hand and she's on his feet I don't want to go into explaining all of this, but you know, rope, speak up, royalty, righteousness, you know, everything. All right. So, here is the picture. Are you with me? The prodigal son left home just like Adam left home. The relationship of the father and the son is still intact, but the boy lost the mind that he belongs to a home. And so he left home, he started suffering, but when his senses came back, what happened? He went back home, and the father is still there to receive him. When the father got him back, is that adoption? Talk to me. <laughs> Are you following what I'm talking about? Do you call that adoption? No. He only missed it. Adam lost it. Now, let me show you something. Galatians 3, verse number 7 i mean genesis 3 sorry genesis 3 verse number 7 and 8 let's just read those two oh okay verse 8 and then we'll look at verse 21 you remember the story in yes genesis 3 after the ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil the bible said the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked and what did they do they saw fig leaves together and made themselves what aprons is that okay right the heat from god now go to verse 21 Verse 21. Unto Adam also, unto his wife, did the Lord God did what? Make coats of skins and clothe them. His heart is still towards even this prodigal son. Are you still with me? Adam, in his mind, failed, he separated from God, but God is saying, No, my heart, my mind is still on you. you follow what I'm saying here so if Adam were to return like the prodigal son will you say God adopted Adam never the lost sheep that the shepherd found will you say God adopted the sheep never the relationship is still there the sheep lost understanding the prodigal son lost his understanding Adam missed it completely but God still looked for them to clothe them with what Goats of skin his heart is still towards adam so for me the relationship is still there but something happened the separation is actually in the thoughts and the mind of adam because he has seen he felt guilty he felt separated he felt no god doesn't somebody said, about he drove him I, I tried to explain that in one of these posts i did you see you remember very well that adam never sinned the scripture said plainly the book of timothy is the woman that is the transgression not the man so why did the man leave the garden adam had to follow the woman out of the garden take on the guilt of the woman so that ephesians 5 and ephesians 6 Efficient particular will be fulfilled where the scripture says we speak about the church and Christ. If Adam have not followed the woman, Jesus would not have died for the church. Are you following me? The woman have sinned. Adam will not let the wife go, carry the body alone. So Adam have to go along with the woman. And that was done so that Jesus Himself would die for the woman. Did you get that? Which is a bride, which is a church, which is you and I. So if Adam have not followed because Adam was not in the transgression, one thing you must understand John said that this is the light that lightened every man. He talks about a light that came with darkness, cannot comprehend what that means. It means darkness cannot understand, cannot comprehend, cannot overtake the light that Adam was carrying. There was no way Satan could deceive Adam because he was a light being. So you have to deceive the wife and scripture clearly said that. Adam was not in the transgression, the woman was. Are you there with me? So, going by all of the scriptures, what do you conclude? Man still have relationship with God, but he have the understanding that he still have relationship with God. Amen. Man, there is no way. Now we're going to go down. Let's go back now to our scripture, Romans eight verse fifteen. Romans eight fifteen if i say now if i read this if i say now that salvation is actually the spirit helping you to remember who you were it might sound way off but that's just what it is it's just like the prodigal son remembered he came to his senses he went back to the father's house are you there with me? He restored the relationship. So the Holy Spirit comes to quicken that same thing to you. That you are a child of God. Who lost out. In relation to being in Adam. You come back home. He's always there to become to you. Praise the living God. Romans 8 verse 15 for you have not received now i want you to pay close attention to what i'm dealing with because you see you come to the place where you begin to really see god as your father and when you understand that god is your father you are not just adopted like an orphan even if you were adopted you have all the rights and privileges that belongs to the one that adopted you you can just pick that in the first place so then you'll be able to see that everything god has in mind for you he makes available when god becomes your father you begin to see the reality of how you can trust him to make provision for your life to take care of you as every father takes care of the child romans eight fifteen for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby you cry about father and i told you this word yes we Othesia. we Othesia have nothing to do with you taking somebody from another family and bring it to your family actually what it talks about is when your child gets matured enough you bring him this is what the hebrews does i'm going to explain in part two fully but you see when you have a child and a child has grown to a level of maturity you can bring out the child and speak to the public. And let the elders of the city know your child has matured enough, he can handle your estate. That's weotasia. He That's why he described a pleasing as a son. A pleasing as a son. A mature son that have come to the place where he can handle the father's business or the father's estate. Hallelujah. Now, there is something here that I want you to note. It said, you've received the spirit of adoption whereby you do what? To cry, Abba, Father. And an important thing I want you to note here now is that slaves doesn't call their master's father. Slave women, I mean slave girls, doesn't call their mistress mama. Are you following me and so when he said you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear you have to begin to understand something fear what two things you were afraid of one is death number two it has to do with the law among sinai when God came down to give the Lord the Bible says it was lightning and quaking and all of those trembling things and the people were so much afraid. Even Moses was afraid. How I many of you remember that? Good. Even Moses was scared. He was afraid. So there are two realms of fear. And the Bible is describing that if you live in fear of God or the fear of the law I mean not fear of God now but fear of Death. And that the fear of the law also, fear and trembling before God, you are a slave. Are you following this? Okay. So he a No father, slaves, we are not permitted to use the word about father or emma, mother, in addressing their masters and mistresses. It was not permitted. Only sons can. Now, if you are walking or still living in bondage again to fear that means you'll be controlled by the law or else you have the fear of death all the days of your life hallelujah so all that we are under the law in bondage to its rights and ceremonies and through the prevalence of that corrupt nature with which every human being is polluted and we can talk about The removing of the law, the law has power over man because of the fallen nation. So we're always afraid of what the law can do. The wages of sin is always dead. The law is always there to say you are sentenced to death. The law is only pointing out to you how sinful you are. Amen. And so here we find that if you're living under the kind of law as it were before, uh you always transgress. And when you transgress the law, the consequence is that you forfeit your lives and privileges that you have as a child of God. Do you understand what I mean? You see, Adam had to lose everything, miss out on everything because the law was there Thou shalt not eat. So, with the law, once you transgress, you forfeit your rights as his son. So you are always living under fear Perpetual fear of death and subject to bondage Now let's read this Hebrews 2 14. Hebrews 2, verse 14 Hebrews 2 verse 14 For as more then As the children are partakers of flesh and blood He also likewise himself Took part of the same That through death He might destroy him that had the power of death And that is the devil And verse 15 And deliver them who, through fear of death, were all their lifetimes subject toward the bondage. So, Romans 8:15 says, You have not received the spirit of bondage again to the world to fear. So, number one, the fear of death, if it's still in your life, you act like a slave in your father's house. If the fear of death is still controlling you, you are not you have not been able to come to that place where you can cry abba father are you there with me now the believers in christ truth i mean christ jesus we've been brought out of from under the law which was a kind of code of condemnation and consequently you are free from the bondage the unbelieving gentiles we also in that state of bondage as well as the jews why because they are all the multitude of this heavy load of sacrificing to idols so much so that they still not believe and walk with it such that they understand it if you don't do certain things on sacrifices to your idols they'll kill you you understand what i mean if you don't do certain sacrifices to your idols the idols will kill you so again we have all of the rituals that the gentile nations were under so they were also living under bondage that mean they were slaves just like the jews were slaves to the traditional rights of the law they are afraid in the sense that if they don't make certain sacrifices to the idols protection will no longer be there their farmland will not produce. Their journeys will not be with mercy. The Lord says you're going out and coming in shall be a blessing. A blessing, you're going out, blessing you're coming in. Traveling, whatever for them, the fear of death is always there. Unless they have to make some sacrifices. So they were completely in bondage. And some of you still live that way. I'm sure you have following the series we're dealing with the issue of idols. Some of you are still living that way. You still have the conviction or the thinking that one devil is going to kill you as you're traveling. or sickness is going to kill you tomorrow that because you couldn't do something right. Praise the living God. So we have all of these people in that way. Now go with me to galatians 1 verse 4 i mean galatians chapter 4 reading from verse 1 niv let's read something there niv and he says what am i saying what i am saying is that as long as the heir is a child it's no different from a slave though he owns the whole estate so children own estate sons own estate but slave doesn't own the estate now let me know if you're living under the fear and the bondage of debt, like we we're saying before and under some laws and rituals that you feel if you offend them your life is short, there is no way you can possess the father's estate because we're a slave as long as the laws are the thing that are guiding you now don't forget what i'm talking about we're talking about adoption and i'm trying to make you understand primarily we were not lost in the sense that another father gave birth to us so god had to adopt us to his family No. hallelujah we only lost the understanding that god is our father So here the Bible is telling us Paul is saying Even though you are an heir But you are living under certain rules and regulations Not the spirit of God Then you are a slave And no slave has rights To the estate of the father So sometimes why you don't even get things from God Is your thinking of who you are You see acting like a slave you should think it like a slave even though you are in your father's house are you still there look at verse two he's subject to guidance and trustees until the time said by his father so also when we were children we're in slavery under the basic principles of this world king james called that the elements of this world the basic principle have to do with certain philosophies like the jews have to do with the laws The rituals of Judaism is what we call the basic principles of this world. For us, it could be your idols that are guiding you, it could be your philosophy, it could be your tradition. All of those things are basic principles that you are living by. As long as those things are controlling you, you are a slave. Even though you are an heir unto the Father. hallelujah you see the prodigal son was being controlled by another person he could have no food he was like a slave even though he was somebody I mean a bona fide son of the father but was living like a slave feeding pigs and somebody was managing his life so when you come to the place where the principles and philosophy of this one manages your life you are a slave even though you are a child of God and being a slave means you cannot assess the estate of your father that's the most dangerous aspect of it hallelujah so you must come to that realization that god is your father and the ex and the food thereof that belongs to your father and so you have access to all that belongs to your father because you are a bona fide son So, verse 4 says but when the time had fully come god sent his son born of a woman born under the law verse 5 to redeem those under the law that we may receive what the full rights of son adoption so where are they received from from under the law where are they redeemed from from under the law that's adoption now is that okay are you with me? Just go to King James now only on this verse so that you can see what I'm saying because some of you you're getting lost. To redeem? No, you are fine. To redeem them that were under the law. Praise the living God. Good. Then I will receive the Spirit of adoption, whereby we will cry, "What now, Abba Father?" Did you get that? So now, but NIV says. That you receive the full rights of what? Of sons. Instead of being controlled To redeem that way under the Lord. That we might receive the full rights of sons. That's NIV. King James again tells you. Like I'm saying. You come to the place of full redemption. That you are no longer walking. Under the elementary principles of this world. In other words. Not the guidance. No elementary principles of this world. But now you have been guided by the spirit of God. But the question is, where are they redeemed from? They were redeemed from under the law. That means they had another master over their head. What master was allowed? The law. So if you live by the law, you are a slave, even though you are a child of God. I asked somebody a question recently. We are talking. And uh, the question came up. I asked a question why do you think jesus went for the baptism of john because john baptized him for repentance amen if if you see here he said to redeem them that we are under the law, that we might receive what the adoption of our sons and said that we might have the full right of sons that's adoption I, I i like it from the the niv go back to the niv it's much more For me, stronger. Full rights. They are sons, but they don't have full rights. Did you get that? Good. You don't have full rights, you are a slave, though you are a son. That's what he's trying to say. Now, why is it that you don't have the full right? Because you're working under the law. The law is your master. So, I ask a question because we're meant to understand that john's baptism was for repentance so how come jesus went to john's baptism what was he repenting of <laughs> are you with me praise the living god no, that's not the question if the baptism of john was meant for repentance why did jesus go for baptism go back a little bit verse 4 i'll show you but when the time had fully come god sent his son born of a woman born where under the law so he repented of the law are you sitting there with me praise the lord and so when i go down to verse number five again and says to redeem those under the law that we might receive the full rights of sons. So, it's just like the Bible says, um, we read right before in Hebrews chapter 2. He partook of flesh and blood because the brethren are also partook of flesh and blood. So now he has to be born under the law so that he can, through that process, get you out of the law. Is that okay? Verse 6. So, because you are sons. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also what? An heir. Praise the living God. Did you get that? Good once you get out of the influence of another spirit controlling you you assume your position of a true son and not just that you become an heir having rights and privileges to the estate of your father so you see like i said before our father is a language of the believer amen once you come to have believed god once you come to have received God and God have actually admitted you back, don't forget, not in terms of adoption, but in terms of, do I ever call it forgiveness now? Okay, let's use the word forgiveness in terms of forgiveness. Yes. Is that okay? Right. Because the prodigal son, he forgave, I mean the father forgave him. He will not even think about this thing. Remember, when he came, he was trying to count all the things he had done. The father was not going to pay attention to that he was not ready for that he already told him in fact he already had a manifesto before he's coming back this my son was lost he's alive he was dead he's alive he has something to say he will not ask him he will not even allow him remember what he said i will go back and say to my father i've sinned against heaven i've sinned against you but as soon as he got back the father did not even allow him to open his mouth He said it was the father that started speaking. Did you notice that? (laughs) God is not interested in you counting where you've been. No. He just said, Come. Just have your mind renewed and come back. And that's all. He's waiting for you at the gate. He's standing by the door. How many of you understand that? The father was watching out for this boy who told the father that the boy was coming back (laughs) but it was always in anticipation of him coming back God is wanting humanity to come back and he's anticipating that praise the Lord so here we see that our father is a language of believers who have been restored into perfect relationship with their father not because you belong to one father before then he adopted you no so the true sense we're talking about your placement now is what is your word your adoption what is your adoption you now being recognized and made as what a son instead of being on the slaves praise the living god did you see that in verse number five hmm? you go back to verse number five again to redeem those that are under the lord that we may receive the full rights of what of sons. now kingdom use the word what adoption so the restoration of our full right is what it described as what adoption and when that is done instead of being slaves we cannot call on our father god being daddy now and daddy ready to restore you all that you lost when you went to feed the pigs are you with me if you understand what i'm talking about tonight your faith will rise to know that you have not only been restored you are a privileged son in the father's house you can see why Jesus will tell them when you pray, say, our Father. He was time to tell them you received the full restoration from Judaism. You are now true sons. The full rights of sons have been bestowed on you. And that means you are qualified for heirship. You can inherit whatever belongs to God. So adoption in God's kingdom have nothing to do with God borrowing you from another father—is it making sense to you? Is the placement and sense which has to be, which has to do with the Spirit coming to your spirit, and I will cry, "What, Abba Father?" The man that have not—let me read, let me read the scripture, Hebrew twelve. Think about the closer. So, Hebrew twelve is number seven. This is the difference between you and the man in the street. Hebrew 12, verse number 7. If you endure chastening, God delight with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if you be without chastisement, where for all are particular, then are ye bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and we give them reverence. Shall we not much more be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? Can you get that? Now the difference is this. Now you can read Proverb twenty twenty seven. I've, I've explained that several times to you in these meetings. Uh, Proverb twenty twenty seven talks about the spirit of man as the candle of the Lord, setting in order in what parts of the belly. Is that okay? Good. So now, what is Paul saying? If you are a bastard. It simply means you do not have the spirit coming to your spirit, making you to cry, Abba Father. Amen? You are an illegitimate son. So, what you see in the world are illegitimate children. Why? Because the Holy Spirit have not been united with their human spirit so for corinthians 6 17 first corinthians 6 17 and says he that is joined to the lord is one spirit that's why we cry about father that's the difference between us so god is our father but to the man in the street god is god the generic name for anything but for us it's not just god it's who our father why because the spirit have become united with our spirit god relationship this is the placement of full sounds right which is you call adoption so adoption is not god looking for children that belong to somebody else and taking them to his own family to make them his sons no we have always been god's sons but we lost our understanding through the fall And so the restoration of that understanding and the restoration of the full rights that we ought to have as sons is what they call what? Adoption. Are you getting this? So again, like I said, this is a language for sonship. And in expressing clear assurance, they have been of, I mean, come to the place of receiving the divine favor and the affection that God revealed to them just like you find the father of the prodigal son say give him a rope give him a shoe give him a ring the ring is actually signet which speaks of the authority the power to sign that's what the ring stands for so what the father actually did there was he gave him royalty and then brought him back to the place of having authority i'm going to make you see why god will say this my beloved son whom i were pleased because you find out at the end of the day jesus was adopted but who was the father of jesus god was did you get that so when he made that statement this my beloved son whom i were pleased that was an adoption <laughs> he was telling the whole creation that he has fine favor in this son. Is come to place of maturity. He can control his exit. And Jesus wrapped that over, saying, "All power in heaven and earth have been given unto me." That is full sonship. So, if you think adoption has to do with somebody in the street and God get to pick the person, then you have to also begin to say, "Jesus never had God as his father because he was adopted." is it making sense to you praise the lord so by receiving the spirit of adoption you're brought under the family of god brought to the family of god by adoption and then the agent that brought you in here is actually the holy spirit convincing you and reminding you of who you used to be don't forget the question where were you when i laid the foundation of the earth god was asking job you remember that good So what is happening the holy spirit is reminding us oh help me lord i used to imagine sometimes we read the book of genesis we read the book of genesis in particular talks about the creation and everything how did moses get those facts are you there with me let's me take a little bit deeper How did Moses get those facts about the creation if he wasn't there? He said it was done by the Holy Spirit. And that's exactly what I'm telling you. The Holy Spirit just helped to remind you of who you were, where you came from. And so Moses could write the whole of Genesis creation. Even though he was not, you may think, physically there. But in the true sense, even you and I, we were there. But we lost that understanding through the fall and so the holy spirit comes to remind us of who we used to be and once that remembrance comes in and you can begin to go back like the prodigal son to say now i know god is my father it's not just one god he worshiping somewhere up in the outer space he is my father he's giving me the spirit of his son meaning the same spirit that made christ his son he's come into your life and he's made you his son he gave all the spirit of his son whereby we cry what abba father are you see here so the spirit continues to witness to us give us the grace make us stand and then we need to call upon god as your ultimate Father. Like I said before, John three verse six. You know the story. That with born of the flesh is the flesh. That with born of the spirit is what is spirit. So a human spirit receiving the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, and then you become what a son of God. You watch that again. That with born of the flesh is flesh. That with born of the spirit is spirit. Capital letter, small letter. The capital letter is the Holy Spirit. The small letter is your human spirit. Robert twenty twenty seven. The spirit of man is a candle of the Lord so the day the Holy Spirit comes into your human spirit you become united with that spirit what's the next thing you are a bona fide son of God that's your adoption the people in the world have not been adopted because they have not received the spirit of God but I'll show you something and I close Romans chapter 2 and look at verse number 4. Well, let's read from verse three romans two verse number f- number three and thinkest thou o man you believer you're christian that judges them quit do such things we're doing whatever thing they are doing and do as the same that thou should escape the judgment of god look at verse four which is a key thing or despised thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering not knowing that the goodness of god leaded thee toward repentance and when i see people say well i just choose to become a believer i just believe god i just choose to become you know they take all the credits for being born again you have no understanding of what the scripture says it's the goodness of god that leaded thee to repentance he can do anything to get you to repent it could be frustration it could be anything it is still god's goodness. Not because you want to. Because in the true sense, you don't have the ability to do that. Why? Because you are a slave to Satan. And slaves have no choice, they have no will. But when God's Spirit comes and begins to bring that remembrance to your mind, that of a truth you have been a child of God, but you lost it. Don't forget, Luke 3, verse 38 Adam was the Son of God. Every one of us had been, but we lost that. And so the Holy Spirit comes to remind us. And once you be able to come to that acra understanding that I'm a child of God, now you can call on your father, all the privileged rights that you're supposed to have as a son is restored to you. So what's the next thing? You have been adopted. So your adoption is the restoration of all rights and privileges that you're supposed to have as a child of god that's what makes you a christian are you still with me praise the living god i will help you tonight god bless you thank you